See this acorn? I'll throw it at you and turn you to stone. Ooh. I'm really scared. No, don't! Don't! There's a, a pack here with an acorn pointed at me! I wouldn't want to waste it. What you think about my little pants here? My pants are too small. I got a little pants. Well, hello and welcome to Let this second hang. episode of the Short Pants Movie Hour. I'm Dave. And I'm Seth. And uh, this time we're bringing you the movie Willow. Willow. 1988's Willow. And for a quick introduction, I will uh, give you a little uh, synopsis. Synopsis. Right. So Willow is a tale oft-told of bravery and heroism. In this movie, again from 1988, we follow Peck Willow Ufgood as he journeys from his small village to return a prophesized princess to save the realm from the evil queen Bavmorda. Along the way, Willow teams up with the great swordsman Mad Mardigan on this epic quest. And of course, this movie was uh, the brainchild of George Lucas. Yes. Directed by Ron Howard. Yes. And a spectacular soundtrack by James Horner. Yes. Who uh, previously had done Cocoon, which was another Ron Howard flick, uh, and Aliens, uh, James Cameron's Aliens to which he had claimed he would never work with James again to then team up with him for Avatar. Right, right. Now, this movie, let's see, it was 1988. Yes. We were nine years old. Yes. This movie was pretty big. Pretty big. It was a um, – there, there are some movies that were every summer um, uh, viewings mm. of uh, because my uncle uh, bootlegged a lot of these movies off of HBO. Nice. And Willow was yeah. one that he had, he had captured. And I, we may have seen it in the movies. I don't remember. I just know that every summer from – 88 to probably sometime in the mid-90s, we watched this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a bootleg as well. This one got played a lot. Yeah. This one, it really did. It, it, it wore itself out. And uh, only because it was just, it was perfect, I think, for that age group. For those nine-year-olds out there, if you watched Willow, you love that shit. It, yeah, and, and, and watching it, um, this, in preparation for this uh, mm -hmm. podcast, it's a lot darker than I remember it being. Yeah. And maybe... I just, you know, something about kids, I just didn't, didn't think about it. But maybe in my adult sensibility, I was like, oh, my gosh, was this, you know, too dark for a, for a nine-year-old? Maybe not. I, I don't know. I, didn't, I did not catch that same emotion. Right. Yeah. I, it just seemed a little bit, I would say more adult, but it just seemed a little more heavy heavy than, than, I, imagined, than I remembered. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was just as a kid, it just some of those darker themes just yeah. kind of went over my head. And, and to the filmmaker's credit, if that's true, you know, they did a good job of sort of differentiating between the two audiences. Yeah. Well, this was a big one. Uh, obviously, George Lucas was red hot at the time. Ron Howard was coming off a couple of the big ones. Um, George had really put a lot into this guy. It had a pretty sizable budget. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was 30, 30 million, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, sizable for its time. 35 million. 35 million. Sizable for its time. I think it was the 14th highest grossing film of the year, which is not tremendous i think there was some lukewarm feedback out of that they were hoping for a little better numbers but still pretty decent yeah i mean it, it uh at the box office it cleared 57.3 million so it, um, it turned a buck ma made its money back yeah um and again it was a, it was very popular but its target audience were probably those under 12 you know 12 14 years old and for those under 12 it hit its mark right yeah well, and, 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 and in my uh, in the research for this, I, I, I remember reading that um, 
the movie was competing that summer against movies like Crocodile Dundee hmm. 2, Big, and Rambo 3. So it had a lot of butt, and I think for its demographic, I mean, I remember watching Crocodile Dundee 2 was a big one. Um, big was huge. Big was big. <laughs> I, was, I, was looking, I was looking for a better and word. The window was small. <laughs> so, oh, you tricky bastard. As a Sesame Street, <laughs> the Sesame Street portion of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it had some some stiff competition. Right. Um, but to be honest, I mean, of those, of, uh, I'd say Big was probably uh, a, a bigger movie, um, but Willow was right up there. Definitely, definitely. So, Coming in out of last last session, we talked about this, and I think both of us were pretty pumped up. I mean, this this was a movie that I hadn't seen in hell was that almost thirty years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, since the mid maybe the mid nineties. Yeah, I mean, figure I probably watched it you know fourteen times a year for at least three years. Right, but <laughs> that still puts it into that twenty five year plus range kind of range. Uh, that's a long time to go without a movie, and I was pretty excited because I remember just loving this film. Yeah. It was a lot of joy that just hit all the marks, tick, 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 tick. Uh, there's lots of good action. Just, I mean, you got Val Kilmer doing, doing his thing. Uh, George Lucas, I mean, it was just everything that you kind of wanted at that age group. Right. Um, and I, I don't know. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably prefacing my feelings a little too hard on that one. But what, what did you feel coming out as an adult? reviewing this thing i mean did it take you back it did especially and i think we're we're both on the same page we we don't talk a whole lot pre-podcast yeah. uh or to, to keep this organic we don't mm -hmm. do a whole lot of planning but we do sort of um, gauge a little bit of our feelings going in so we have a little bit of sort of uh, insider planning going mm -hmm. in um i was really excited just like you um i i had there were probably three or four scenes that even today um, I still remember fondly and I was looking forward to those scenes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because all of those scenes that I was looking forward to were at the beginning. Oh, and, and I, yeah. right, it, as I was watching it, I started to realize that everything that I was looking forward to had already, had already happened. <laughs> and it's it sort of as an adult, it, 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 it fizzled. It fizzled. Yeah. And it sort of was like, well, maybe as a kid it fizzled too. You know, because I don't remember much past a certain point in the movie. Well, you say that, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't speak for you. For me, though, the battle at Tira's Lean was a big moment in my childhood. I mean, the two-headed beast, the trolls, right. and the acorn, you know, I mean, all that stuff was, was – that was part of the love of this movie. And that's that part, for me, still held up. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of that middle, you know, the end. And, and, you know, again, I think there are some just great moments in the film that do still hold up. And mm -hmm. I can, you know, enumerate those guys. But as a whole, I think I think as a with the adult sensibilities for me, there are a lot of things that I picked up on that I just did not notice as a kid because I was, you know, nine years old. I wasn't well read. <laughs> right now. But I have at least, you know, read a book. And, you know, probably wherever that book was, it was, you know, mimicked in this film. So, well, yeah, and, and being well read and maybe not, I think for me, there's a, there was a turning point mm. um, in the, in the movie as to where I started to lose a little bit of that. Um, the magic, the magic started to fade for me a little bit. Okay. And it was in the, there's a battle scene. It's the, the battle scene that you're talking about. Tears lean. Tears lean. Okay. Where, um, Sorsha, who is the daughter of the evil queen Bavmorda, Bavmorda. Um, 
she played by Joanne Wally. Mm-hmm. We can talk a little bit about the, the backstory here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, sometimes known as Joanne Wally Kilmer. Okay. Um, she. I didn't even know. Were they married? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. they they had two kids. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer uh, playing Mad Mardigan, hmm. and she met on the set. Of course. Of this movie. It, who can resist? You know, I mean, you got the Ice Man coming at you. Yep. You better buckle up. Post Ice Man. Buckle and, up. And the best thing about the movie, in my opinion, was this his first movie after. Top Gun. I don't know, and that is a good question, and that is an easy question to answer because of the internet. You have Google. Thank goodness. So let's. Uh, we have Al Kilmer uh, here, ready. Um, filmography, right? In a filmography. I mean, uh, Top Gun had just been released. You know, maybe what two years before? Yep, and it was his. And it was a major, major film. I mean, and, and at that point, Val Kilmer was was you know hot and lock and loaded. Yep, his so, star was uh, rising. Oh, absolutely. And maybe had we hadn't hit we hadn't hit peak Kilmer. Well, it was yeah. You're probably pretty close though. I mean, every every advertisement for this movie. Now, this movie is all about little people and the you know the the I guess the largeness that can dwell within small. That whole motif. But every advertisement from this movie just hammered Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Well, Val, and Val Kilmer. Kilmer's name is first in the in the credits. As well, it should be. I mean, he's the Warwick Davis star. is Willow. And well, the movie yeah. is called Willow. I mean, that's his but uh, Val- first movie without a mask, you're not going to top give him top billing. True, but he is Willow. But Val Kilmer and Joanne yes. Wally even had top billing. Willow was Warwick Davis was third in the in the credits. Yeah, you know who was uh, um, last? Well, no, I shouldn't say last, but also was it was a also special guest appearance by Billy Barty. Billy Barty. He got a well. He at least got a special guest. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he did. got a special. His agent worked <laughs> extra hard. I mean, I was actually impressed that he got listed as that. I mean, he, he was in the film for all of about four minutes. Crucial role. Good, very important role. Absolutely. He but I, be, <laughs> I mean, but but come on. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to put. You know, I've, I've just never seen that. Usually, very special appearance buys reserved for a pretty big name. And right. Billy Barty's been a ton of movies. Ton right. of movies. I'm not going to. I'm not going to cut him short. Oh, I just did it. Just Heyo. <laughs> so, bringing it back to um, to the scene that this the scene that where I started to lose it. Um, well, not lose it. I, I lost it years ago. Uh, but in terms of this movie, start throwing sandwiches I, in the I, middle of the damn movie. I was. Um, I realized I, I didn't like the trolls then, and I don't like the trolls now. Love the trolls. That's just the troll scene. This you is like the troll scene. I did, I don't know why I did like the, I did like the trolls. I mean, it's it's a little scary as a kid, but I maybe mean, I was scared. I mean, that noise they make. I'm not even, even as an adult. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, was, so. I was frightened. <laughs> but just past the the troll scene, yeah. Um, she starts. Uh, Sorsha starts uh, seeing Val Kilmer fighting, mm. and he is on the good side. She is as the daughter of the evil queen. Mm-hmm. She's obviously on the bad yeah. side. And you have there's these little intercuts where she's watching. And she's watching his heroism and bravery mm. in the face of danger. Okay. And um, she starts That's all to, it takes. It, hey, you, you watch Val Kilmer with, you know, hair down to mid-back, you know, throwing a sword around. Your panties are getting wet. Well, I mean, I worked in restaurants, and maybe it worked there where, you know, they saw my heroism and bravery in the face <laughs> of, of despondent customers. and Doubt it. No, never. One, one date in no. three years. But anyway, she starts <laughs> – she starts turning from her mother and, got and, and she was turned mm-hmm. from being this, you know, uh, minion of the evil queen, her mother, yeah. to now she's going to join the on resistance a damn dime. on a 
dime. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was when I started to lose a little, little bit. A little pirouette. Um, I lose a little bit. and It I, was predestined, though. It was foreshadowed at the very beginning. That's of the film. true. But I mean, it didn't, you know, it, when it's foreshadowed, it doesn't take much. And, and I guess, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to cut you off. Did you have more to add to that piece? Because that, that really fits in well with my problem with the whole movie. Well, and so from there on out, everything is just wrapped up in a tight little bow. Like mm-hmm. from that moment where she, her, her panties moisten mm-hmm. post, post Mad Mardigan mm-hmm. fighting, um, through the end, it's like they just started to like, okay, we're going to, you know, they start quickly, 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 rep, rep, rep. and it's done. Well, I mean, you think about it in these terms. I mean, we're used to now an epic movie might be three hours, and there might be three movies to be able to tell the story. Right. The one thing I will give credit for in this movie is that they wrapped the bow on it at two-hour mark, two hours, ten minutes, whatever it was. I mean, it was it was right in there. They crammed a lot. I mean, start to finish, foreshadow, story, boom, done, and then wrap a bow on it and throw the baby to the wind, and here's your new king and queen. And, and they're taking care village, of the baby. And everybody's happy. Hello, Will is a hero. Great, boom, done. Roll credits. I mean, all of that in about 210, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Well, and like you said, because nowadays we're, you know, we've had the Lord of the Rings series, we've had the Hobbit, we've mm-hmm. had, you know, num- numbers of, of trilogies that yep. go in. You know, they, I mean, people, you may not have. I bought the um, extended editions mm. of each of the Lord of the Rings movies, no, and that was that was an extra sometimes half an hour on top of a movie that was already, you <laughs> know, almost, long. almost three hours yeah. times three. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at twelve hours plus a movie mm-hmm. um, in in a trilogy. Um, and I don't know that. Granted, those movies they do, they do have a they have a good flow. They do move, and you don't really find yourself getting too bored. I, At least it's an original story, right? And yeah. that's something that we wanted to talk about. Uh, another issue that I think both of us picked up on separately that we want to talk about um, together um, is that um, this this felt like um, when Willow had come out, we hadn't seen. Lord of the Rings. We hadn't seen The Hobbit. We, you know, we, we weren't so inundated mm-hmm. um, with this. Um, you had probably story. seen um, there was the, the original Hobbit, that that the one that was sort of the, not it was it was it claymation or was it like a, um, a Henson, the Henson Hobbit. Uh, I think there was a cartoon version. A cartoon version. That's okay. what it was. Yeah, there was the cartoon Hobbit, but that wasn't not very long. Yeah, but you, I mean, you'd seen the Ten Commandments, right? When they came on television every Easter. So you'd seen the first fifteen minutes of the movie. Well, and the movie is is just a you know if you take that Joseph Campbell hero's quest, this is this is clearly Boom. the hero's quest. Oh, absolutely! You know, yeah. from start to finish, all the major points of the hero's journey. <laughs> Lucas just took Joseph Campbell's book and just he, yeah, he did, and that's one of the things that I think just really. I mean, I, I, I say, I'm going to back up just a little bit. I, I was excited to watch this movie again. I was. I, I was just, this is going to be fun. I haven't seen this movie in 25 plus years. This is going to be a good time. And watching it, and it sets in, and you got the death dogs running, and saw, ah, oh, this is great. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there's the Moses baby floating down the river. I know that's stolen, and I know that this plays on the Lord of the Rings. I know that. But from there, it's just like every single element is just wrapped in previous stories that have been told. Right, right, and, and it, you know, I mean, you go from, I mean, I'll, it's it's basically it's Moses and the Fellowship of the Ring, and then you got, 
they run into the Lilliputians. You know, the Lilliputians got a time up. You got Scrappy and, 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 and you know, I mean, his brother sitting there as uh, the two brownies, you know, that, that are playing their little gag. The foil. Yes. They're the foil. Yeah, they're the foil. And, I mean, they're, I mean, they've been done in, in, in Star Wars. They're C- C-3PO and R2-D2 all over again. It's just been done and done. I mean, even when you start getting to the action scenes. And you, I mean, it's great action scenes. Well, yeah. it's the best one of the, probably the best one of the bunch, where they were, they're running away and they got the, the wagons running. Yeah, it's the chariot race scene, and the wheels are b- busting right. out. I mean, it's been done. Yeah, and when you know that, I didn't know that as a kid. I've seen it for the first time. This is great. This is a lot of fun. And when you've seen it though, and you realize what they're doing, the plagiarism, and I'm using that word a little bit lightly. Well, and it's not, yeah. It's it's borrowing, and and I think it's, it's because because this hero's journey. I mean, Campbell was getting onto something that's ubiquitous in 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 story. Yeah. Is you know this hero's journey, and I think it can be taken from, and, and you know this goes back to Homer, um, this telling of a story in this manner. Right. It can be done and borrowed from, but it, but it's so obvious it's in this so, that it everything's just obvious. Gets, right. I mean, it's even stealing from cartoons. Val Kilmer dresses up as a lady. That's Bugs Bunny, man. I mean, he throws in the cantaloupes. I mean, really? Right. I mean, you know, and, and, and we've got uh, uh, the, the the brownies in their love potion. You know, it's such slapstick. And when they do hit somebody, what do they do? They actually slap their foreheads. Right. You know? You're like, oh, oh, how could I be so silly to bring this love potion around? How That's not – what were you – you were going on a quest right. to save the world from this evil and they're thinking, What do you bring? Oh, I've got a spear they're, they're and i looking, got a bag of the fucking love potion dust. Well, they're nine inches tall. Yeah. I mean, are they, are they looking for that freaky uh, daikini <laughs> who uh, – is into little, little, little people. Hey, you never know where that thing can go, man. You got to bring some E with you when you go on a quest. I know the, the <laughs> brownie date rapists. So, so anyway, yes. So, I just think it was. It's it's too. And if your intention, I mean, okay, so you watched it with your kids the first time. The yeah, first then time, I rewatch it again. Well, well, let's let's take take it from there. Okay. There, what did they think? This movie is written for kids, right? And that's I have a hard time really trashing it because. There are parts of me that, that, that did flashback to when I was a kid. You know, I mean, I still, still really enjoyed that Battle of Tears Lane, right? I mean, that was just, it was, it was at the time, it was scary. The, the special effects were good. They really weren't cutting edge at that moment. I mean, there's cutting edge, you know, technology that was used. We'll get into that a little bit later. But at the, at, in that battle, you have the, the two-headed beast. It's chewing up some trolls, you know. You got the acorns thrown, and they're like, oh, they do work, you know. You get a little bit of that. You got Mad Mardigan going one man Rambo style, you know, through about fifty warriors. That's cool. As a kid, you're like, that's badass. Right. And, and there's a part of me that's really still enjoys that, but it, it's just it's just the overall, you know. And, and so I want you know, to answer your question. Yes, my, my kids enjoyed it. Okay. You know, we we had the discussion just recently that you know that we we just watched uh, uh, the Never Ending Story. You know, which we I don't know maybe we'll get to that one, one one of these days as well. Right. And and you know, my daughter just asked me which which did you like better, Willow or Never Ending Story? And I, I don't know. I kind of you know be honest with it. As a kid, I probably like Willow better. I would say yes. But you know, now I'm kind of like hesitant to say that. And she's well, I like Willow better. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it just it just moved. It just, so I mean. They liked it. I liked it for the same reasons they did. And, sure. and they've seen a hell of a lot better special effects. I mean, this was, at the time, 
without knowing what we know now, it's even better than what it is in their eyes. Right. You know, it's just as an adult. And that's part of why we're doing this podcast is to go back and sit there and look and say, can you transport yourself back in time? Is it worth a watch? Or is it something that is just overpowering to the adult sensibilities right. to make it not worthwhile and don't tarnish that memory? Well, and, and I think, well, there's that. And then there might be even a, another category of uh, do you watch it with with the children in your life? Yeah. I mean, is that, you know, is something that, you know, if it's worth, you know, if the children – uh, in your life, find joy in it. Yeah. Is it something worth sharing with them you know, for those memories? Look, all right, you, I know you, uh, we, we've been over this, I think, in the first one. Dave's getting ready to have his first kid. Kids find joy in it's so in many dog shit. Right. You know? I mean, that's easy to say. Right. Know? So I, I don't know. I mean, that's so if, that's, it's, if it's not worth the revisit right. as an adult, as an adult, it may not be worth just right. because it, it, it will ruin your. It's yeah. It's about your memories and whether or not you want to relive them and expand on them, or whether or not you want to leave them alone and keep them in that closet, you know. And and like I say, for me, I was excited about the movie. I came to it, watched it, and every one of those little deals that we talk about, and I, you know, it's it, it, where it's just it's just taking told storylines and cliches and just package them together. And I read that this this was a story ten years in the making, right? Yeah. This movie was was told. I mean, not necessarily in its full package, but when uh, Warwick Davis was in Return of the Jedi, right? He's eight years old or whatever, seven eight years old in that movie playing Wicket, and George Lucas is telling him then, you know, I've got this other story in my head, and I want you to be the guy. Yeah. You know, see me in ten years, and we'll do it. And so. It's 10 years in the making. Some, a story that takes that long, you know, I mean, damn it, George, sit aside and come up with something original for just once. I mean, I'll get into it just, just a little bit more. The writing for this thing, and I, and I know George wasn't like the screenwriter. Which is some, it's, just, it's usually a good, uh, not a good thing. It's generally good for him to have other eyes on things. Absolutely, right. yeah. This movie, it felt like it was the first hash that he wrote down, you know, on a napkin at at a restaurant. Yeah, and and, and so for me, like the quintessential experience of this is actually one of the better scenes of the movie. And I think they've been getting into this in a little bit, but the crossroads. All right, so so Willow's got to take, you know, he's he's commanded by his his village uh, and, and the High Aldrin to. Take this baby to the Daikini Crossroads, and you know it's it, that's where it needs to go. It's going to be well, put into a metaphor the, of the crossroads. Well, in yeah, there too. yeah. I mean, there's, they just go on and on and on. But so you know, they're at the crossroads. They, that's where they first first meet Val Kilmer, uh, and you know it, he's great in the cage. I mean, it's really just he's coming through, and every bit of his Han Solo ness, uh, it, it, it's it's a lot of fun, but. He's in the cage. He's obviously dehydrated. He's begging for water. They finally give him a cup. It drips off his fingers. He's licking his fingers because he just so it's, it's it's foreshadowing. He's been in that cage a while. He's not just this is not two hours in the cage. He's been there maybe a couple of days. I don't right. know, maybe maybe three four days. I don't know. And when they release him, they release him from his cage, and you think, okay, this is going to be something wild, and this is what we're left with from a writing standpoint. I feel better! You've done the right thing! He feels better. I mean, I would too. I would feel pretty damn good. But that's 
That's your exclamation. Right. I feel better. You have done the right thing. Well, good on you. <laughs> Toodaloo. You know, I mean, come on. Can we not get something? Just, I don't know. I've said similar things after a real nice bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one, you have know, Thanksgiving, and just, oh, it's, mm, mm. I feel better. I feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can imagine what Val Kilmer, Mad Martigan's going through in just a similar situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, that that's one part of it. I mean, you have... So, I mean, even from the dialogue standpoint, but, I mean, you go back to, you know, all, all the borrowed items, the plot holes, right? I mean, we talk about Queen Bav Morta. She's out there pulling, you know, she's digging up for, she's looking for Moses. She's, she's trying to find this baby with the markings. Somehow along the way there's a prophecy. Who knows where the prophecy came from? That's never explained and never is. That's fine. But she's so absorbed in this prophecy that this, that this baby is going to be her undoing that she's, you know, killing any baby that maybe resembles you know, a baby. birthmark that – well, I, th- I, I think I don't think babies go. Right. But, I mean, she's, any, any of them that, that have a birthmark or something that have the symbol, oh, yeah, that, that's even close. I mean, people are te- petrified. And so, obviously, it's not the first one she's gone after. And, but she's so wrapped up in that. But, meanwhile, her own little you know, uh, deacons uh, of, her, of her insanity are telling her, you know, hey, look, you know, while, while that's important, you know, go after her. I'm telling you, your daughter, she's going to turn against you. Right. You know, and her answer, nah. She'll never turn against nah. you. She'll never. Just so flippant. I was another scene, same scene, yeah. where I was like, yeah. wait, I don't remember her being so flippant right. about her you know, own daughter turning on her. Oh, you're going to turn? Nah, I don't nah. believe it. I don't trust nah. anybody. Nip, nip, nip. She, I trust her more than anybody else. You're full of shit. I don't care what kind of, like. A prophecy is a prophecy, right? I mean, right. I'm going to believe this one to the nth degree. The other one, meh, not too worried about it. That's just simple. <laughs> that, not that, too worried about it. That's dumb prophecy. Yes. I only believe in the smart ones. <laughs> smart prophecy from real real prophets. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I mean, you, I can do this all day, but we, we go we go through the movie, right? And we get to the uh, the final assault. On Bav Mortis Castle, right? Okay, I, I don't remember what that castle's called, but it, it's 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 like a hundred feet high. Just a it looks st- like a Minecraft. It looks like something yeah. that somebody built in Minecraft. Yeah, I mean it's insane. Like this thing is impregnable, right? And, and they roll up. We're gonna assault at first daylight. Is that uh, Nakmar? Nakmar. There you go. Yeah, Nakmar. And I mean it's a it's a hundred feet high. It's in the middle of a stone field. There's nothing around this thing. It's impenetrable. And if there's anything I've learned from Lord, from the uh, um, uh, what's the name of that Lord show? of the Rings? No, the show that's on television right now. The show that's on television right With now. The, the dragons and shit. With dragons. Oh, oh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned from Game of Thrones, it's that. Like four people, and I, yeah, I'm talking about from the, at least in the books, they explain this a little more. Like four people can defend a castle that's built halfway decent. That's right? the point of a castle, right? That's the whole damn point, right? Right? They roll into this bitch. They're about fifty deep. They're about fifty deep, and and, and old Eric, old Eric, old golden hair Eric, he's sitting there and he's like, 
we're going to assault at first daylight. Like, you, you don't have anything to, to put an assault on this castle. Right. There's no trees to cut down. You're not putting anything no, together. No, it's, it's, it's in a barren wasteland. No, yeah. There's nothing. What is your plan? And there's this impenetrable fortress. Yes, yeah. Which and also houses a powerful sorceress. <laughs> yes! Who apparently, you know, can turn people into, you know, just pathetic you know, animals later on. But what, do you, what is your damn plan? And so there's no plan, and then she turns them all to pigs. Right. And then the next morning, right? I mean, so we're talking about, I mean, it's dark. I don't know what time it is. They don't have a clock running on this thing. But let's just say it's probably pushing midnight by the time they're turned to pigs. Right. Can we, can we just agree upon that for a minute? It was dark. It yeah. was late. First daylight, let's say it's 6. So we're talking about 6. Depending if, on the time of wanna, year. If you want to give it maybe 8 hours. Six daylight eight savings hours, right? or not. Right. Now, now, so in 6 to 8 hours, these 50 fucking people are able to dig tunnels yep. in this shaley rock pit that they Nobody are Nobody notices it. No fucking backhoes, right? Mm. <laughs> Nary a backhoe in sight. And they're digging, I mean, not just straight up little, like, shelter pits, but, like, full-on tunnels yep. for ho- armored horses to run out of at full gallop. When right? they when they were pigs, j- mere hours before. <laughs> hours before. Would you think you got to shake that off a little bit? Right. Like, you know, I mean— I don't know. I, I, maybe they had some shovels dug in there, but if I was just a pig. Maybe before they were turned uh, back from pigs, they used the fact that they were pigs. Oh, do some rooting. To help do, do, do something. Did some rooting. rooting. Maybe, maybe so. Like, all right, we're going to turn you back. But first of first, all. First, get to rooting. I got a job for you. There's a truffle down here. It's about 16 feet deep. By <laughs> about 25 feet wide. You're going to want to get to work on that. <laughs> all right. You know, get to rooting. But I mean, so all right. So I mean, little thing. I mean, it's not. I can't really even call that a little thing. That's a major fucking plot that hole. A major plot hole. Well, and the fact that she can turn all of them into swine. Yeah. Why doesn't she just use that power to find the baby? <laughs> you know, <laughs> as soon as I you know remembered this yeah. scene, you you texted me about it. Yeah. Um, earlier. Yeah. And I hadn't seen. I hadn't revisited the movie yet. Right. And so I was waiting for it. And I was waiting for it. And I was like, oh my god, I remember this scene. And yeah. I go. What the hell is going on? If she's looking for this kid and she's going to lose her kingdom and she can turn 50 people into pigs. Yeah. I mean. By all all she has to do. She doesn't have to like give one of the chance. No. She, she just, just says, you're pigs. Boop, boom. Done. And they're all pigs. Oh, the stomach hurts. And right they start now. to look like the um, the Imperial Guards uh, yeah. from uh, Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I think they kept a little of those uh, props. Kept some of those prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that was a major plot. That whole that whole scene. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, well, why not? It's Hollywood. <laughs> um, well, and also continuing in this in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to dig the pits. Yeah. They all turned into pigs. She starts. She has the baby. Mm-hmm. She she's she's captured she's the baby. Got the baby. Sans magic. Yeah. You know she you know with human power. Mm-hmm. And so she has to start the process through sorcery to kill the baby. What is she doing with it? It's never explained what she's doing. No, but I think, like, I mean, you got to, like, suspend. Like, maybe if she just, if, if, like, General Kale just stabs a baby and it's done, you know, whatever, then, like, the baby's, another baby's going to come because she didn't perform. Maybe they have to remove It's part the... of the prophecy, the unspoken. I mean, it's, it's a MacGuffin, man. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, that part I'm willing to forgive a little bit, right? But just the, the overall weakness, I mean, of, of the entire plot line. And being, I'm going to say, we, we got we got Moses 
and, and the seven rings and the Lilliputians, and they're all chasing down the standard hero plot line. Right. And even, like, I mean, you go to just the naming of the characters, right? And this is where it gets really weak for me. The two, I don't know two, but two of the major characters that are bad in this thing. These are definitely evils, right? All right, so let's say you got the, the, this is, the naming goes right into George Lucas's hatred of critics. Okay. okay? All right, General Kale. General Kale. General Kale. You know where that comes from? Uh, that it wasn't the um, last name. It was isn't it a Port Manchu of uh, of a movie critic. Well, it's actually Pauline Kale. Oh, it's just straight, just straight up. You know, like oh yeah, here you go, <laughs> Pauline Kale. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna name the. Uh, I always wonder, it's like General Kale. Like I mean, that's like a little too close to General Lettuce. I mean, right. what what's scary about General Kale? Romaine? It's Pauline Kale who dogged his first episode of star wars right star wars came out she called it i mean for lack of a better word uh, well let me just give she she, for her exact words uh she called it an epic without a dream and a box full of cracker jacks with all prizes uh she said there was what's wrong with that well i mean nothing if you're nine if you're nine years old, that's what you want, right? You open up a box of Cracker Jacks. But have you had Cracker Jacks recently? The toys suck nowadays. And, and I, and you're I, 37 years old, Dave. That goes right to the point and right to Pauline's point is that as an adult, you need more, right? You yeah. need a little more. I than, always wanted the, <laughs> the temporary tattoo. Maybe you don't need more. Most adults need a little more. I'm she, a man child. She basically said Star Wars, the first one, that there was – and she loved – the Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it's, I'm not, it's, it wasn't like she was totally against the whole notion. She just said the, that there was no pause for emotional grip or you know, basically just no no room for introspect. Right. Which is true. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, what do you want it to be? And, 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 and I, can, I can forgive a little bit Willow in this regard that this movie was written for children. That was their target audience. You know, Ron Howard said as much. I mean, so that's fine. I'm okay with that. But but going back to my point, George Lucas, it's like, you know, this person <laughs> dogged a movie almost a eleven decade, years, a, ago, eleven years 11 prior. Eleven years prior, dogged a movie that he that he did, can't get over it. And so he's like, Okay, well I'll make you the you know, the, the new Darth Vader. You know, you're you're my new Darth Vader, you're you know and it's gonna be named just your name, verb you know, spelled the same damn way. K A E L. There's no way around this and then like and this is where it gets weird okay so he obviously had a thing against critics so the official name of that two-headed beast that was a, a troll was a troll and it was, trans- it was he was transformed, transformed. By the, you know like a, a you know wizard's drunk and or a willow's drunk and he can't quite get the words right and he spits them out and it turns into a head two-headed beast he kicks it into the water and it grows up to this monstrosity right it's never stated in the movie what that's what that's called, but they made toys, they made a book, they made a game out of this this movie. The name of that creature was a um, uh, Ebersisk. Ebersisk. Oh, for for Siskel and Ebert. Two headed monster. Right. Come on, man, Siskel and Ebert. I mean, it's just. And the thing was, Siskel and Ebert loved Star Wars. They dedicated an entire episode to the first Star Wars. They. Just loved every ounce of it. They never did anything to piss off George Lucas that I know of. And he still had to throw them in there. You're the two-headed monster. You're, you're, the t- 
guilty by association. Like, what a dick move, man. That's just petty. That's fucking petty. I mean, I don't know. Everything up and down about this movie was just, when you know a little bit about it. Like I say, as a nine-year-old, ten-year-old, great, boom, you don't need to catch any of this shit. No. You just see, oh, that's cool, man. Look at that swordplay. It's fucking awesome. Well, and General Kale, to go back to General Kale, right. you know, even with his uh, namesake being dubious, um, <laughs> General Kale was, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say scary as a kid, but it was like, oh, man, mm. that skull mask is pretty, pretty badass. Pretty badass. And then Skeletor, you know. It was, yeah. Uh, to bring back the, uh, I mean, mm. uh, He-Man is probably going to pop up at a lot of these, a lot of these movies. Um, but that, you know, that skeleton mask was like, oh, my God, this guy's bad, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that skeleton mask is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. And then now, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that mask is badass. And then he freaking takes it off. And it's like. <laughs> and he's an old man. He's just a dude with a beard. <laughs> he's 50 years old. Yeah. When they filmed this thing, the guy's 50 years old. Keep the mask on. Keep the why? Why did they take the mask? Like they off? took the mask off of Darth Vader when it mattered. Because right. They want to like bring a little humanity to the guy. You don't want to bring any humanity. Not to General Kale, to who's General killing Kale. babies. Right. For yeah. this evil sorceress <laughs> who does nothing but scream the entire movie. Oh yeah. Find the child. Right. <laughs> All kill this. them. I mean, just every word he's just speaks, angry, angry just acting. <laughs> he was casted. Can you act angrily? And that was the cast. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. yeah, yeah. I'll do that right now. Think is my my ex wife is <laughs> is in the room. Total non sequitur. I, I read that General Kale's sword from the movie was sold in, a, in an auction in 2011, sixteen hundred bucks. Sixteen hundred bucks. Sixteen hundred bucks. I'm thinking Warwick Davis bought it. No, I don't know who bought it. But that's sixteen hundred bucks. I mean, I, I can't afford that for for the sword. But that's pretty cool, I'd, though. I'd, think, I'd have to think about it a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> a little it's, bit. It's, a, it's a real sword. Yeah, it's made out of, like, aluminum or something, though. I mean, it's not like it's a you know, full steep, cold steep. You know, it's not rolled and, you know, all that shit that they do to real swords. Right. It's fucking but it's, aluminum. But, it, you know. It's still pretty badass. Yeah, you can swing it around a couple times. I general. would chop wood with it. Well, yeah, as much as we're dogging the movie so far, it's still pretty cool. Like, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's a right. good segue into. Yeah. You're right. Um. As much as I was disappointed, mm-hmm. I still did find myself having a good time watching this. Okay. At, you know, for, for I would say three quarters of it, up until okay. that point where I said, you know, things turned, and I think it was in that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in, um, in the in the battle at the Bad Mortis Castle. Yeah. Um, there are scenes that I was looking forward to the crossroad scene. Yeah. Uh, which I think still you know, holds up. Everybody would agree. That's probably the best scene in the whole, the whole film, but mm-hmm. you know, Willow in his village, the, you know, the, the, the setting the stage for, for the, for the movie, the, um, the first chase scene after, um, with the, with the chariot, um, the, the, the battle on the mountaintop with the snow, like that, everything. Oh, the sled ride. The sled ride. The I mean, ride I was, was going. Awesome. I mean, I was like, oh my god. Like, I mean, if you were, like, say, again, under the age of twelve, you watched Willow, you you pushed the limits. The next time you went you were sled. sledding, because yeah. they, I mean, they had set up this amazing. It was like a ski slope. That's badass. And so you know, we would try to like make little runs and banks mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know we grew up we live in a, a hilly mm-hmm. mountainous area and so there there were hills of plenty. Um, <laughs> that but, if you didn't try to turn yourself into the human. Uh, Loop the loop to loop. No, the snowball that Val oh, that Val Kilmer turns <laughs> herself into. I mean, if you just roll down the hill, 
hoping that you would be able to pick turn up. Turn into a human snowball. A snow boulder. Snow <laughs> I mean, everybody's tried that, right? Right. I mean, you did. You had to. So the, I had so much fun up until that point, and then I had so much. It wasn't anger, but mm. it, maybe it was anger. Mm. It was just like, oh man, like this is it's you know it's formulaic and it's old, mm. but I'm still having fun, and I was still mm. a kid up until that point where it where it turned, and so yeah, I don't know. I think I, I for for me, I th I think I pretty much started off right off the bat with the bad writing and the stealing it just I, I know everything borrows from another everything borrows from something it's hard to come up with something original but this fucker had 10 years and in knowing a little bit about that and just watching it as an adult i couldn't get really get past that like i said there were elements that i still enjoyed still enjoyed but as a whole it, those other elements really just bogged it down for me and just created this kind of angst as I'm watching it, like I'm, I'm not going to allow myself to enjoy this shit. Right. Yeah. You, you had sort of tuned out. Right. I, I was, I was more forgiving. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, um, even through the pig transformation scene, mm -hmm. even through the, the phantom digging of the pits, the inordinate amount of time <laughs> it was taking Bav Morta to finish the spell. Just finish the goddamn I mean, she spell. started the shit at right. like midnight, and at seven a.m. when they're attacking, she's still doing the <laughs> fucking thing. Like that's a long spell. That's a long spell. That's Meanwhile, she turns this spell. whole army into pigs. Yeah. So uh, you know, through that, and then once it got to the the um, the scene, you know, the the, the next couple of scenes, right. I I was real forgiving because I was having so much fun. Okay. Just letting it go, and just uh, knowing that it was made for kids. But then it just turned. And yeah. I, you know, now I can kind of just now I, like you, I can retroactively look back and be like, yeah, it was all kind of shit. Yeah. Like just from the, except for that crossroad scene. <laughs> the crossroad scene's good. So, tell me why? Why did you like that crossroad scene? So, what was it when you were a kid? What? Why now? Why does that resonate so well? And and then just hit hit on the high points. I think it's the best writing. Yeah. Of the movie, I think it's the best acting. Yeah. Um, from all parties, I think Val Kilmer th throughout plays that role really well. I mean, it's light, but it's supposed to be light. But it's supposed it's to perfect. be light. I yeah. think uh, Warwick Davis's acting is the best. Um, I, I, you know, you could almost say, I hate to say Warwick Davis is not a good actor. I thought he was pretty good throughout. But that was his. This was his best acting. Um, I think his sidekick was the least annoying. <laughs> and this Miosh Miosh played. <laughs> this was his best um, opportunity. This is where his role in the mm. movie, the the Samwise Gamgee. Um, if you will, was best served yeah. in this scene. Um, and I just think it's, it was the best. It probably was, it rolls down to the writing. Okay. I think the writing was the best um, in this scene, and, and Val Kilmer nails it in, in his mannerisms and in his inflection um, and in this scene. Um, and, and there are some lines in this movie that uh, have stood the test of time for me and, and some people, my brother okay. and some other people. Okay. Um, and one line I didn't know, uh, but this is one that my brother and I, that, that comes up often. This is up from the crossroads scene. Okay. Well, that was really stupid, Peck. Don't call me a Peck. Oh, I'm sorry. Peck. Peck. Peck, 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 Peck. You be careful. I'm a powerful sorcerer. See this acorn? I'll throw it at you and turn you to stone. Ooh. I'm really scared. No, don't! Don't! There's a, a peck here with an acorn pointed at me! <laughs> I wouldn't want to waste it. 
So even today, that's, that's funny. That's my brother funny. and I will look at each other <laughs> in just a random moment and go, peck, 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 peck. Stupidly. I mean, well, you can't do it intelligently. No. No. Uh, you're calling each other peck. You're really not even. And if you hadn't grown, if you hadn't watched yeah. this movie twenty times a year right. for three or four you years, you may not catch. You that. might not catch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there's another line we didn't capture that I, I had a manager at a restaurant I worked at years ago. Okay. Who you would come? He knew I had seen like more movies than anybody else in the restaurant, and he would say. Uh, after you had delivered your food to your table, he'd go, you are great. <laughs> you are great. Just like Willow <laughs> says about Mad Mardigan. No, no, and everybody looks at you. Yeah. You know, like, Nobody's getting that. Nobody gets that. No. But he knew I did. you got to be a special kind of retard to pick up on that. <laughs> There's also another line that my brother and I offer Pete, and I forgot that it, it came, came from? from this movie. Yeah. And it is this line. Okay. Wanna breed? <laughs> you don't say that to each other. No. Okay. All right. But that's one of those ones where every once in a while it'll come out of my brother's mouth about yeah. wanna, wanna breed, and it's from when Val Kilmer's Val character Kilmer's, is Bugs Bunny. Is dressed Bunny drags yeah. his drag, and the uh, the man who his the wife he is just the Lug? flower. What was his name? Lug. Lug. His name was Lug. <laughs> but yeah, and I forgot that that came from from uh, <laughs> Meet Lug. Yeah. From Lug. <laughs> So yeah, next time I see my brother, I'm gonna um, definitely um, bring that up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- there there are parts that I that I you know, had fun with, and and you know, now I'm sort of talking myself back into, um, you know, three quarters of this movie enjoying. Um, I don't know that I'll, I'll ever watch this again. But... <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that that really says it. You watched it 14 times a year, and now, nah, I think I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> after 25 plus years, ah, I think I'm good. You know, and the nice thing about things like YouTube is, yeah. is that if I ever get if I ever get nostalgic, yeah. which I do, um, you can watch Wanna Breed in about three seconds. I can find that. Yeah. I can look up Willow Crossroads scene mm-hmm. and watch the whole thing because the the fifteen minutes at the crossroads and and get the all the Willow memories I yeah. need and be good. Well, I'll, I'll I'll finish this segment on a little bit of a high note. As much as I've given shit to George Lucas and the entire team. For borrowing, stealing, you know, every single element that came along. They did something right. Because not only did they capture the hearts and imaginations of every 9 to 12 year old out there. But <laughs> there are scenes that are hard to miss that I think they got borrowed from. Mm. You know, and, and, and the, the, the one that just screams at you when you watch it. Is when right after the crossroads scenes when they when they figure okay well this this bad Mar- or Mad Morgan guy he seems like a pretty good dude they release him from despite the, the, the cage. fact that his name is Mad Morgan which first of all that's one word it's one word yeah. right it's as two, a kid I thought that was, was two, two words he was Mad yes, Mardigan. right but he it, was he was a crazy Irishman he never wrote his name down no so if you're uh, yeah. if you're on the crossroads and he goes hey my name's Mad Morgan you have to think that that's two words and even if you're a peck. Even if you're a lonely peck, that can't scream like a good decision. No. This guy's in a cage for a reason. The other, uh, you know, Daikinis won't let him out. No. The people that are have swords. He, they like, they mm-hmm. even say he deserves to be yeah, there. Yeah, rotten hell. Right. You know, like, when you hear that, I'm probably not going to trust it. He did try to strangle Willow earlier in the day. For a cup <laughs> of water. <laughs> for a cup of water. And so all that gone through, 
you know, these guys, they don't have a good sense of judgment on them if they're going to sit there and say, I know this. there's something special about this baby. The, the high odd ones told me so. Uh, but yeah, you know, hey, here you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of tired. I'm not really. Yeah. I don't want to do another Let's night. Let's go home. <laughs> we spent one night out here. We haven't had second breakfast. That's enough. Second breakfast is right around the corner. So let's get on at her. So they let they let they let him out. They give him the baby away, and they're feeling good about themselves for whatever reasons. They've deluded to where they feel that that was a good decision, and they feel like okay, now we're going to head on home, and we're going to be greeted with arms, you know, open wide to see these guys coming through. And so this is the scene that, that, that plays right there. And this, I'm telling you, there's something to it. Mega, slow down. Oh, come on. If we hurry, we could be home by tomorrow morning. We'll be heroes. You really think so? Sure. Look, there's Willow and Mega. The heroes have come home. Welcome back, boys. You deserve medals. Yeah. Get yeah. Medals. <laughs> yeah, medals. What about Sam? I want to hear more about him. I all mean, right. come on. That 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 scene. All right. That that you got to give credit where it's due. That was obviously borrowed to a T from Lord of the Rings. Right. right. Well, and, and and from the books. Well, uh, yes, it's in the books. But I'm talking about the way it was framed. The emotion, everything there, they probably did borrow. Oh, you're saying Lord of the Rings I'm borrowed. I'm saying the from movie Willow. scenes, yeah, the movies borrowed, borrowed from Willow. The way that was performed. Right. You know, maybe so. I, I don't know which way it that has that is. fantasy. Well, and I guess the, the. The music score behind it, it just really plays, man. So I'm going to give them a little bit of credit. That's about as far as I can go. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of that, they kind of ripped off a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, what about what about something outside of the storyline? I mean, outside of your initial reactions, was there anything fun you you discovered? You dug into this thing and, and, and really uncovered as you went through it. Um, yes. Okay. Couple things. Right. Um, I we'll go back to the um, the um, morphing, morphing. Uh, morphing. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of special effects. There's there's um, um, which is um, I think a common thing with with uh, filmmakers such as George Lucas is you know they have these ideas it's sort of like James Cameron with Avatar like okay. he, he had this idea but he couldn't do it until right. a certain point right. that technology had caught up you can't make a movie until the technology catches, catches up, up to, to do right mm-hmm. to do the things that you that you have in your in your mind mm-hmm. and so Willow is, is similar in that case for George Lucas because um, he had started this in the 70s uh, this idea but he he knew that the the technology wasn't there in order to perform some of these magic special effects there's okay. a lot of morphing you know one of the main characters when we when we meet her um what, what kind of animal she's a, like a uh not a squirrel uh, <laughs> i don't know i'm not good with it. Uh, i mean it's, it's like a muskrat it's like an, uh, a big ugly squirrel yeah or an odd otter <laughs> like a, yeah a she's an animal and know. she's been transformed um and throughout the movie willow you know in his burgeoning magic is is trying to transform her back into human form mm. to in torna fucked up job and he it. totally fucks it up yeah he he turns her into a, a raven and a billy goat, and, a billy goat yeah. and and so there are these scenes where she's you know as he's bungling transforming <laughs> her back he he you know transforms her into all these different things so there's these these um special effects processes that mm. um i didn't know this and you've discovered that uh it's called morphing right which you know, we, can, we know now is morphing um but lucas's film um company industrial light magic had developed this process um, and actually for, coined the term coined the term morphing yeah. 
um, based on this movie. And you know, to be honest with you, there was you know the special effects were you know I mean nowadays you can throw that into your your computer and well, do I, it. Well, from 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 what I watched, this is one of the the bonus features on. They have a little special about that morphing. But you know, beyond just them coining the term, I mean, it was is really a, a, a special effect that was only used for a few years, right? Because then after that, they had CGI. They had CG. They had computer generated right. um, imagery that could, could starting do it. with like the abyss or something. And these yeah. are things that they were doing with actual film, right? Um, and, and processes in, in filming that um, it was really cool. I mean, that they were even able to pull it off. It, it was, was pretty neat. A pretty neat little technique that um, they used at the time. And, and before that, any type of transformation, we should probably say. Any type of transformation pre-Willow that was done on film, they had to have a lot of cutscenes. Right. And so, so you can mask you can mask those right. you transitions. Had, you, you had some mechanical features. So if you were turning into a werewolf, you might have a scene where a guy's ears are growing, and they would have a little mechanical deal that would actually push that ear out. You and know, then cut quick. And then cut quick, and then they'd have something. You know, then they cut back. And all of a sudden, okay, well, there's his teeth. Well, now it's growing. And, and as you keep cutting right. back and forth, he's you can keep a showing more. a progress. Right. Sort of like in Terminator when he's removing his eye in the first Terminator. In the first Terminator. Sim- similar yeah. process. Exactly right. Yeah, and actually even in this movie, they use those, that type of scene during the pig transformation. Mm-hmm. In the pig transformation. They, they would cut from a prosthetic face yeah. and then the next thing. And they'd show, you know, Willow, oh, no, they're turning into pigs, you know. And then they cut back and, you know, another snout grows in or something like that. But when Finn Rozelle is transforming, you know, from the billy goat into the, you know, a turtle into a, a, a lion, that was all done with computer aids. But the, the computer aids were used to shift between actual frames. They were shooting in 24 FPS, and they would actually gap the frames or something like that to, to make it work. Right. Uh, and that's a pretty neat little deal. I mean, that, that was all done on the spot. Hey, we need to, to come up with something. Right. Hey. You know, computer nerds go out there and make it make it work. Right, and they, they and they made it so that it was one almost uninterrupted cut. Right, because there is a scene where he's right before she's transformed back to a human, where she goes through about four or five um, different animals in in sequence, and it's all just done. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Some of those were real animals. Some of them were puppets. Yeah, like the goat was a puppet that they used, and they stretched its neck out to turn it into a, a, a llama, an ostrich. An ostrich. Or, or That's what it was. It was an ostrich. Yeah, okay. And but but the <laughs> the one thing I thought was kind of funny on that is that all these animals were were kind of white because obviously Finn Rosell was you know she was an old woman and she wore a white cloak you know whatever and so you have the billy goat and it's white and you know the ostrich and it's mostly white uh, and as they go through they you kind of have that theme but they, and so they got to the part where where there's a tiger and they actually they they wanted that to be a white tiger. Oh, but they couldn't get one on set. Uh, <laughs> like not, not like like. Oh no, we got a we got we got a three week delay on the white tiger. Right. Yeah. Fuck it. Go with the orange. Just know? right. Tiger's tiger. <laughs> it's not that big at this point. Yeah. You know the budget budget's running a little high. It's still gonna look pretty damn cool. It'll be cool enough. Right. It'll work. <laughs> tiger's a tiger. Like the tiger's in there for literally one point three seconds. Right. Maybe. Maybe. It's not worth yeah. spending an extra hundred G. <laughs> Can't wait three three weeks for that shit. You're right. Yeah, we don't have time for this. Yeah, let's just go with it. So without without Willow, we would have like the other places where it was used. I know that it was used in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Last Crusade. Right. Right. Which was another ILL movie. Right. Where the guy like aged eight hundred years in front of your eyes. Right. After he drank just, from the he chose poorly. Oh, he chose poorly. Right. Right. And then it was also uh, obviously used from a kid. Like the thing that jumps out at me using this was uh, the Michael Jackson black or white video. Right. 
Yeah. He, he was transforming into all the different yeah, yeah. people. Which was pretty wild at the time, but that was using the same technology. And it was right after that that really CGI Started blew up on take off. Yeah. yeah. You had the, the movie The Abyss and Terminator 2, and that really, boom, different game we're playing now. Well, yeah, because I think there's competing. You have uh, Industrial Light Magic. And I'd be interested as we do this podcast and start to dive into some of this trivia. Uh, you mentioned Terminator 2 to see how much – because uh, I know James Cameron is really big into this into this uh, special effects mm -hmm. and how much of this um, – is it Industrial Light Magic working with James Cameron? Or you know, see where there's – because I know that they're both really influential and mm -hmm. how much they're working together or they're not. Uh, it just dawned on me something I'd like to explore while we're – keep just – just a little footnote, just to see <laughs> um, as we explore these uh, explore these movies. Yeah. But uh, I also uh, thought it was interesting. There was a lot of use of blue screen oh, yeah. uh, for the brownies. Um, this is, uh, you know, as we were talking pre pre CGI, um, and so for the brownies who are nine inches tall, uh, the two the two uh, two characters they um, they were acting in, in front of a blue screen. Uh, nowadays they do it. You put on the suit, the, the whole green suit, like Andy Serkis oh, when yeah, he's yeah, Gollum, yeah. he's wearing a green suit, right. and then they they computer generate the the image of Gollum and put him into the movie. Well, these gentlemen, they were, you know, they don't have the suit. They were doing blue screen technology, and you can tell it's you know it's blue screen, but it's not not terrible. It it wasn't terrible, but I'm mean, be honest with you, that's one of the things that that kind of pushed me back on it was that yeah, at this point, I mean, like I say, as an adult, you know how much ILM had come through. Yeah. And I thought that the brownie scenes were no better than, you know, King Kong, the original. A lot of movies that were thrown back then, Sinbad and the Seven Seas, it just did not hold up. I mean, I, it, I don't know. There was something about it. It was a little wonky around the edges of, of the blue screen, whatever it was. It just didn't seem to mesh. Maybe it was the version I was watching. I was watching like a bootlegged Korean copy of this. Yeah. Because FYI, you can't get this damn thing on Blu-ray anymore. They made a limited set, and you want to buy Blru-ray, you're going to pay $128. Yeah, for a piece of and I didn't have a Blu-ray either. Um, I didn't have $128. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and if you, if you see the trailer to this yeah. for the Blu-ray, it, it looks great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I might go back and rewatch the trailer just to see if the brownies are in there because right. I, I didn't think about it until um, then. But – um, yeah, I thought it was fine, uh, mm. but you can tell. I mean, it, it does look dated. I mean, it, it's been almost thirty years now. 30 years. One year from now, yeah. it'll be it'll be thirty years. Um, other little bits of trivia: um, we talked about the morphing scene. They uh, they they filmed that in Wales. Uh, they had to find uh, two hundred. Um, they had to make a casting call for two hundred pigs uh, to, to complete. A pigs. There's a lot of pigs. A lot uh, of pigs. We had talked about the uh, with the two hundred pigs in that scene when they they. Uh, when Bab Morda transforms all of the the warriors into pigs, mm. Willow is not transformed because he is using he's, his yeah, wand, the protection chant or whatever. Um, finally, to, to he's using it effectively, <laughs> and he is not transformed into a pig. Right. Um, to which I said, or thought to myself, self. Um, if I am Willow and I am a poor farmer, and you grew up on a hog farm, I grew so up this on a hog farm, so I am, I am totally biased uh, <laughs> because you're not thinking about what Willow should do. No, at the time, you know, the as time, a culturalist, as a, as, as a nine-year-old, we had hogs. I was feeding hogs. I, you know, we were, you know, tending to hogs. I'm thinking you're a bit of an opportunist. <laughs> I'm a bit of an opportunist. Willow, hey, uh, the baby's already in the hands of Bav Morda. Call it a day. 
go back to your farm with 200 pigs, and now you are the hog empire of your village. You're you're sitting pretty high on the Nelwyn Village yeah. pecking order. Willow Ranch. <laughs> you know? So anyway, that was just a thought that came to my mind. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I love pigs. <laughs> and so, that, again, I'm biased. You're like, hmm, 200 pigs? I don't know. Yeah, you, keep, you keep, you know, 10 of them for breeding. and <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Oh. I mean, you had 200 of these guys. Maybe 190 is enough to, like, you know, throw, well, he, throw at the castle. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, add a... Add it's going to miss a couple. He does know the disappearing pig trick. I would not be surprised if down in them tunnels that he was digging... He's a hog thief. He probably stashed a couple away. He's a hog thief. He doesn't miss an opportunity. Now I know what it is. I can see it. <laughs> when you saw that joy as he I know back a hog town, thief. it wasn't because he saved some stupid kid. Nah, he knows that he's going to be sitting high on the proverbial hog. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, now yeah. I pinpointed it. All right. He's a hog thief. Okay. Um, and, and then the other thing was, um, and here's the other connection uh, to, to, the, to the Lord of the Rings, uh, the snow scene that we talked about yes. that's filmed in New Zealand mm. on top of a mountain. Okay. Um, they, they were filming in summertime, uh, largely filmed in England and Wales, this movie. Um, and uh, there's no snow in Europe in the summer, or not as much snow as they needed. So they went to the Southern Hemisphere in New Zealand. They found alpine conditions with plenty of snow. And that's why it took them to New Zealand. I think the whole thing was a, a, a way for Lucas to. I want to get around, you know. I want to travel. Let's let's, let's jump, hop a jet. And if you watch the behind the scenes um, of, of the making of the movie, Ron Howard's the director. But for every scene that they show of Ron Howard directing, Lucas is like attached to his hip, oh, like man. in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, a so helicopter and all around. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So those those are some of the things that I um, uh, I thought were interesting. Um, we could talk about the Death Dogs. Uh, they were Rottweilers dressed up in, in yeah, suits. The Death Dogs, I think, were one of the few things that held up for me, man. Those things Those were, were still scary. pretty fucked up looking yeah. deals, man. Yeah. You know, and, and all right, so on that note, on that, that's, a, that's not a bad little segue. Okay. So <laughs> one of the things that I picked up on this whole deal is we talked about the Death Dogs. They were sent out to chase down the baby. And they end up in the Nelwyn village, which is the village of Willow. And his peaceful, kind-hearted folk, or so you were led to believe. Yep. But if you start actually paying attention, instead of just looking at the previews and what they're telling you and watching what one little anomaly example named Willow and his family are doing. Yeah, that, that you, you would get the idea that this was some sort of idyllic pastoral village oh, yeah. you know, of, of farmers. Right, right, right. And, and, and midway through the movie when... When um, when Willow is met with like the fairy princess, um, whose name is uh, Sherlindria, which is just a garbage name to begin with. It's a it's a amalgamation of Ron Howard's wife and and the, the screenplay writer's whatever wife. Whatever chick George Lucas is and banging. George Lucas, I'm thinking, might be banging Linda Ronstadt because that's apparently the name the third name. He just gotten divorced and. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but they, it, that, that's that's he how they come up with names. Train. <laughs> that's how they come up with names in this thing. So he's talking to Sherlindria, and she tells him like, and this is where like he starts. You know, this is the the great unveiling, and he says that she says that Bav Mortal will control the lives of your village, your children, everyone. All creatures of good heart need your help. 
right? All creatures. All creatures of good heart, right? And so you just think, okay, well, yeah, I mean, this is like uh, the Shire, you know, this is a peaceful folk. And of course, you know, he needs to do his part to save his good hearted village. <sighs> Watch what, what this village is capable of. So there's a couple of elements coming to play, right? You want to talk about how good this village may or may not be. First of all, I mean, everybody calls them pecs. All right. Dive down to that. Why? Just because they're small? Or is it something more? You know, like why, why is there such disdain for this type of people? <laughs> when we ask somebody for help, get out of the way, peck. You know, there's just this total disdain for this. And maybe it's because they're short. Or maybe it's because they're assholes. I, well, and right. so as a kid, I thought that daikini yeah. was a derogatory term right. for people that weren't uh, uh, willows from Willow's group. Right. You know, I thought, well, peck was the, you know, what they called the little people, mm-hmm. and the daikini were just the the big sized right. assholes. Right. You know, well, no, daikini is just their the name for that That's group the, of people. Right. Exactly. Right. And yeah. peck was a derogatory term. It's a dero- It's definitely a derogatory term because they're called no one. But where did they get the name peck? <laughs> right. So we start, I'm going to go chronologically in just a, you know, three little points here. All right. But chronologically, when, when Willow plucks the baby from the river, uh, he's telling it, you know, without even looking at it, really, he's like, nah, nah, kick it downstream. Right. Yep. Even Willow, who, by all accounts, we don't want guy, any trouble with kick, this. Kick that little bitch downstream. And he has to leave his kids for a moment. And he told them to kick him downstream, and they didn't. But he has to go back because the debt collector's coming in. Right? He apparently borrowed some money. He probably gambled it away, drank it up. Who knows where he did with the thing. But he... Oh, had, bubble butt. Oh, <laughs> oh burble cut. Burble cut. <laughs> burble cut. Comes run, bubble butt, burble cut. Comes running in and threatens him. He says, hey, look, here I see some seeds here. You Obviously, you've used my money. And you're going to pay me. It's like Monsanto. Know, on the morn. <laughs> and he doesn't threaten him with a broken finger or anything that simple. What's he threatening him with? The, you're going to work in the mines. The mines. He's going to throw the little bitch into the mines. Become a slave. Which, I mean, first of all, having seen Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, that seems a little racist. Mm-hmm. Just immediately. like That's like saying, I'm going to throw you in the tree and you're going to make some goddamn cookies. Right. You know. That seems a bit stretched. I'm just going to throw you straight into the mines. But, he, you know, so right off the bat, there's obviously some kind of slave labor camp that, of the, anybody that misses a, a payment, you know, by straight to the, oh, straight to the mines. Oh, you're 30 days past due? Straight to the mines with you. So I, You're that's using illegal on. seeds, Willow. <laughs> that was not just an idle threat. That was a legit, you are going into the mines. I, I don't know what they're mining for, but that doesn't sound like a good gig. You know, I'd rather be, you know, using a hog for for, for, for plowing plow. the fields here than, than, you know, digging out of the mine. So that's number one. Number two, they get to the fair, right? The fair's a good time. Everybody's having a good damn well, time. Well, and this fair is the the quintessential small town, yes. you know, loots and liars oh, and, yeah. you know, maybe some ale yes. and some games and cotton candy. Throw some elephant ears in the mix. You got yourself a goddamn good deal. Mm-hmm. So they're having, everybody's having a good time. And then they bring in the high old one who is mostly a phony, but has a little bit of thing going on. You know, he's got some acorns anyway. We'll give him that credit. Right. But he comes over and he's trying to pick an apprentice. Maybe there'll be an apprentice, maybe not. And the question <laughs> The question that is asked, he can figure out what kind of knowledge base there is. He says, pick the finger, and he holds out his hand, pick the finger that has the power to change the world. 
goes to the first guy. Which finger is the first finger that fucker picks? The middle finger. The middle fucking finger. Because, I mean, and he snapped on it, too. He did not miss a beat. He just jumped all over. Oh, God, I know which finger. You're going to ask me? You're going to ask me what finger changed the world? I'll tell you, son of a bitch, this one. Boom. Fuck me. No, Boom. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, you got to be an asshole to think that the power's in the middle finger. You don't even like you don't ha- you don't know. But this guy didn't even he didn't pa- pause. He didn't hesitate. He didn't scratch his head. He's like middle finger. I'll take the middle finger before any of these other guys get to it. Middle finger for me. So overzealous. <laughs> these guys are all assholes. But then all right, so this is all circumstantial. But the I mean that then that's an individual moment. First part's an individual moment. Third part, this is where you start getting into group territory. This is when you can start classifying them as a whole. That maybe, maybe these this whole village is not really pure of heart. So, just children of the corn. The death dogs come rolling into town. Actually, it's just one of them. Just one death dog. One little death dog all by itself. It, from the multiple cuts, it kind of looks like more than one. Right. But they only kill one. one. So I'm assuming it's just the one. Otherwise, and they're really looking. Good. They're looking for the right. baby. Well. That's what they say. All right, so they, they jump to that conclusion, which happens to be a con- correct, correct conclusion to jump to. But <laughs> look at it again from a, from a blank slate's perspective. You got one wild dog rolls into town, starts – I mean, there's a fair going on. Now, they're obviously grilling meats. They're cooking up some nice pastries. He's just hungry. You hungry little fella? I mean, he's obviously strayed too far from home. Right. He's all excited, man. There's people here. There's, pigs. there's food. There's pigs. I can smell it. I can smell it on your fingers. I'm hungry now. <laughs> so he comes rolling in here. Everybody starts flipping the fuck out. I mean, it's a death dog. If he's if, bigger than them, he is bigger than them, and anything named and he has with big, sharp, by pointy teeth, death. If death is in your name, I'm probably a little scared too, right? So I'm this dead. death dog starts death rolling. Dave. But he doesn't attack. At the end of the day, you go back and watch. He doesn't attack anybody. There's not one casualty. Not one casualty in the bunch except for himself. After he jumps in and I, he tears up a bassinet, right? Yeah. Well, maybe the kid's shit in the bassinet. You're, like for a death dog that hadn't eaten 18 days, maybe he smells like that's there's some, that's, there's some string beans in tasty. there. There's something going on in there. I'm going to get in some of that. So he starts ripping it apart for whatever reason, and they stab him to death immediately after and jump to their own goddamn conclusion that he's obviously there to kill babies. There's no other reason this death dog is tearing shit up. He didn't do anything else, didn't cause one casualty in the bunch, but he tore up this bass nut, and somebody's got to pay for that shit. So he's obviously here to kill babies, and we need to find the culprit. And in the right, meat. so they have a a group session in the meat hall. <laughs> in the middle of the meat hall, they have a group session, and to they're they're out. whipping themselves into a into a lynch frenzy. mob frenzy. It's not looking good. They need to find out what they're going to do to solve this conundrum, and that's where this comes into play. One beast we can kill, but there may be more. And you can be assured that they won't give up until they find what they're looking for. It's a sign. Who's to blame for this? We must find the culprit and throw him in the pit. Yeah. <laughs> in the pit. In the pit. They chant. <laughs> they have turned into a mob. So, again, everything on its face value. This is a simple folk. And... One bassinet gets torn up, and suddenly they're looking for somebody to throw in the pit. Oh, yeah. It doesn't say a pit. 
the pit. This group has obviously, obviously has a pit. They have a mine over here that if you miss a payment, you're going in the mine. But if you have a baby that somebody else then, you know, can, we can tie, and we're going to blame you for the devil dog, then, hey, you're going in the goddamn pit. How many other people are in this pit? How many people they are in the pit? They didn't get to go to the fair. No, they probably didn't even have any elephant ears tossed down nope, their way. They just got to peek out of the hole. I'm telling you, this is that's a bad bunch of group right there. Yeah, Willow should have just kept on walking. <laughs> Keep on walking. Oh, Bav Morta is going to turn my village bad? <laughs> Come on. Have you seen these have guys? Have you been to the They village? almost threw me in the pit. Right. <laughs> Come on. Turn them into pigs. <laughs> I, can, I can be the king of the king pigs. King of the pig farming right there, man. So. I don't know, man. I, I I got a lot of problems with this movie. I think when it comes down to it, uh, when I think we have one, I think we we can sum up in our final clip. I think we can sum up our feelings of the whole movie, the whole thing, the whole thing. This is the, what about one? This is you requested the clip, mm. and it was it was one of those. I think the last straw for me. <laughs> you requested it. I know where you're going. Yeah, I right. agree with this. Yes, it was a last straw. <laughs> it was after. Um, it was the last fighting scene when yeah. when Bab Morta. Is, um, it was right in the middle of the uh, Gandalf the Grey uh, wizard battle. Right. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bav Morda. <laughs> Bav Morda and, and Finn uh, Razel. Finn Razel or Razel Ghoul. Their old wizard battle. The the, the time tried, time tried test and tried and true <laughs> uh, wizard battle. And um, it looks it looks like Finn is is down for the count. And she she comes back with a vengeance and it, this. But you got you, if you're gonna if you're I mean she's she's been hit she's been hit hard you got to come up with your best spell your best spell I mean this is the time to break it out right yeah you just got so crushed by a column you know, Bav Morta threw a column at you and let's hear what that that spell and, and sounds like this is what she has to offer. <laughs> Like a, like a Pentecostal speaking in tongues, <laughs> she comes out. That's the best you can do? <laughs> You're going to na-na-na-na-na-me? Chevy Chase in Caddyshack. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> oh, it sounded like Yoko on the stage. <laughs> with, Chuck, with Chuck Berry. <laughs> may, Chuck he, Berry. may he rest in peace. Absolutely. God rest his soul. Uh, but <laughs> it sounded like Yoko. <laughs> Oh, that that right there, and you know what? That's actually one of the few memories that I have from this movie. I, I knew that line by heart. I had totally forgotten it, and we had talked. One of the few things we talked about was how this movie. There were there were points that I was so looking forward to, mm. and I realized that at a certain point in the movie, all those things I was looking forward to were in the past, <laughs> and there there may be a reason why and maybe I didn't remember those some things. things. Should be left should be left alone. So wrapping so, this up, this is one when we go through our scale of skip it. Well, we got skip it, stream it, rent it, buy it, buy it. You know, for me, I think I'm gonna skip it because I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where if you got kids, they'll probably enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. So if you got kids, let them watch it. Maybe you go in the other room <laughs> while they're doing it so you don't just get angry. And, and, and it's fine. But if you have fond memories of this film, 
Don't Stay ruin them. Stay the hell away. No, yeah, and if you like us, I, I'm sure you have the fond memories of the Crossroads scene. It's super easy mm. to get on YouTube or some other channel mm. and look up Willow, Crossroads scene, and you'll get your fill. Yeah. And you'll have those memories. Um, you know, at the same time, yeah, I'm going to be with you. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say skip it. Yeah. It's been one of those ones when, when my son is, is of age. Um, if it's convenient, if it's on something, you know, if it's something out, you know, but I think there's, there are other movies – other movies that we're going to cover that I think are more deserving of our time. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, one that I would say skip it unless. I'll say skip it unless. Skip it unless. There have to be certain conditions. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, um, yeah, I just don't think those can, there's not going to be, there's not many conditions. No. Um, for this one. So. No. That was Willow. I hope we, uh, you know, this is, I think this is the is thoroughly destroyed, destroyed your childhood yeah. memories. Um, you know, feel free to uh, watch along with us. Uh, we, we will have all the movies in the title. So um, as you're listening, uh, you know, wa- watch the movies um, uh, with us and make your own make your own decision, make your own opinion, um, and it might make it more fun for you. So uh, we will return for episode three, um, and so we uh, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Listen. What do you think? Find my little pants. 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 What do you think? Find my little pants.